are I am back in the saddle, Scott. I am excited to, to get in this. Last week on Decent Dialogue with Greg and Scott, it was not Greg, but it was Brendan and Scott. It was Decent Dialogue with Brendan and Scott. And I was very, I felt left out. I listened to the episode wondering yeah. if I was going to get invited back to my own podcast. You didn't even have to edit last week. I edited that as well. So I know. I just we sat realized. On my, Something I realized is that I don't need you. So <laughs> that, that, that's been the fear. I've I've been I've been trying to like you know make it seem like editing's really hard and all this different stuff. Like you know trying to trying to deflect you from not realizing that right, it, right. you could do it all by yourself and you don't need me. You know I say that in jest, but in all reality, I by editing that episode it made me realize how much i really do need you because editing sucks well for the conversation part it'll be debatable i remember you saying with brandon brendan that the original i always called him brandon i'm so sorry brendan yes um i it's more i did that on purpose to i don't think he listens to the podcast so i will see but I think Brendan said something to the effect of the or you said it. The original decent dialogue happened in Brendan's office. Yeah, I I stand by that statement. I was in there too, Scott. No, I was in his office solo way more. Yeah, but we were in there together every once in a while. Mm, so I want to take you some of the credit. You don't know the depths of the conversations that I had with Brendan. But I was there. I, lo- I was there longer than you, though. I I by the t- I I was on staff at the same time as Brendan. Longer than you were, your time at, with Brennan overlapped. Yeah, I guess that's true to some extent. Uh, I don't know. It's debatable. Whatever. I Brendan was the original decent dialoguer. So All right, I stand well, by that. Well, we're talking about friendship today, so we can just nail this out during our yeah. during our topic on friendship. So we need to just fight and figure out why we're why we are friends. That's what this podcast is really about. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah, I just want to get to the root of it of why we're friends. And if we can't find a good enough reason to stay friends, then this might be our last episode again. So perfect. I do. Um, I'm Should getting, we welcome people? I feel like did we, we did. Welcome? Hey, welcome, yeah. everybody. Welcome. Welcome this week to, to this episode of Decent Dialogue. It's our 27th episode. Yeah, it's almost right? as old as Scott. And and it's getting there. If weeks were ages. Yeah. Whitney told me what size our baby is right now, but I forget now. Probably a soccer ball or something. Oh no. It was a no, not a soccer ball. Are you freaking kidding me? Maybe like a toddler soccer ball soccer yeah. ball. A size but it three. was a a head of uh cauliflower. That's pretty big, depending on the one you get. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the you know, the organic cauliflower that wasn't juiced to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, yeah, you buy it and you're like, I need two of these to be able yeah. to feed everybody tonight. I, for my cauliflower salad, I'm going to need two. Yeah, two of for sure. Of cauliflower. I, uh, speaking of, of of Whitney, this will be our segue in our conversation. I do want to catch okay. up with you and some other stuff, but I feel like we're here already. And so I want to dive in. Um, okay. Who is your, who would you say your best friend is? Well, that's, are you fishing right now, Greg? I, I'm not fishing. <laughs> I'm not uh, fishing. Who is my best friend? I, okay, first and foremost, Whitney is definitely. Is she your best you know, friend? Yes, a hundred percent. Because I have a I have a game I want to play with you today to test that to see oh, if gosh. you and Whitney are truly best friends. Okay, let's hear it. 
Whitney received 10 questions about oh, no. that she had to answer. Um, <laughs> and we, I want to see if you if you know your wife well enough to be considered her best friend. Oh man, this is this is dangerous. All right. <laughs> we'll, it's all right. We'll start out. I'm going to start with some easy ones. Don't worry. Okay. What was Whitney's first job? First job, Sonny's. That is correct. Sonny's what? Barbecue. All right. Making sure you <laughs> got to clarify all this. Okay. This is a little bit more difficult. More about her past. When, when yeah. did you guys start dating again? Was it right? Were you guys oh, in college, right? Yeah. Freshman, okay. second half of freshman year of college. Okay. Uh, what was her favorite subject in high school? In high school? Mm-hmm. Uh, choir. Correct. Chorus. Same thing. Chorus. Yeah. All right. Another one about the past because you're. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm just going to answer. Yeah, do it. Just say whatever first comes to your mind. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What did she want to be when she grew up? Uh, Aeronautical engineer. Do you have a second guess? Teacher. Where's aeronautical engineer? That's that's completely different. I'm I'm surprised she didn't say aeronautical engineer. It's actually shocking. Well, there you go. Um, (laughs) If she could, speaking of this kind of same same route here. If she had to pick her dream job today, what would that be? Stay at home, mom. Dude, you're four for four right now. Yes. What is she most scared of? Uh, a family member dying. Oh, um, sharks. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody sharks. passing away. Oh, that's just got. <laughs> <laughs> in, well, in your defense, I did say be silly about this. Don't don't oh, feel like you have well, to do anything. Everything. Don't feel like you have to be personal or deep. So, yeah, well, th- why didn't you preface that for me? <laughs> I just wanted to see. I, I wanted to see gracious. what you knew. I just put um, business out there. If y'all could. So, this is all silly or? No, some of it's not silly because some of these are good questions to, to see if you know. All right. All right. We're getting a little bit harder ones here. Okay. If she could afford anything at this moment, what would she buy? Uh, uh, a RAV4 Lunar Rock. Second, do you have a second guess? She could afford. Oh, a dog. A dog a is yes. Yeah, it was a big house, a pool, and a puppy. Okay, but I'll yeah, the puppy great. part. I got you. Got one part of it, so I'll give it to you. So I think you're. I mean, I'm not going to count the scared question. So I think you're five <laughs> or six right now. Um, what activity bores your wife the most? What activity bores? Yeah, reading. No. Um. She made it seem like you would know this one for sure. I don't know. Do you need a hint? It's something that you do. Video games? Call no, Duty? it's when you put on golf, when you watch golf. Oh, watching golf. <laughs> what yeah. she says. I was going to she... say that. I seriously, that was on the tip of my tongue, but I just didn't say it. What she says that she says to you every single time. Um, yeah, that's true. She says, this is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> these are right, these last three are a little bit more. They're a little bit more subjective, so we'll see. This is this is really where we get into do you know her and can assume answers that she would give. Okay. Um, if she was forced to skydive or bungee jump, what would she choose? I would say skydive because she doesn't like the feeling of falling. And she's been told by her brother that when you skydive, you don't feel like you're falling. Let me, let me read the response because I think it's just going to be a little better. She said skydive. Because I hate the feeling of free falling and I hear skydiving sounds more like floating. Boom. <laughs> in sync. Completely in sync. I am very impressed right now. Right. Um, and then, let's see. If she could use, choose a superpower, what would that be? And this, these are silly? Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't... 
I don't know if that's a serious question at all. Well, I know when I know what she has said before, but it's not a silly answer. I would say invisibility. Mm, super smarts. Super smarts. <laughs> <laughs> super smarts. Um, and then lastly, what month of the calendar would she like to eliminate if she had the opportunity? August. Correct. Do you know her reasoning? Because it's freaking hot as junk. Correct. I am very impressed, dude. That's, Wait, is that really her reasoning? Yeah, literally, that was the reasoning. You're eight for she ten. Said hot as junk. <laughs> <laughs> no, just more. I, I can't stand the heat or something like that. That's dude. That's impressive. Oh. Eight for ten. That's well now. But there's been a plot twist. Were you gonna finish up that? Are you finished with your questions? Yes. Well, I have questions that Natalie answered now. <laughs> oh man, are they the same questions? Uh, let's see. Yes. They are the same questions. Do you know them? Do you know Natalie's? <laughs> no, don't look. Don't think. Put your phone down. I'm just going to speed through the I have the questions in front of me. I was just going to speed through the questions. Okay. What was Natalie's first job? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I think Publix. Yes. What was her favorite subject in high school? I'm going to say science. Oh, yes. But can you be more specific? Biology. Marine biology. Marine biology. So that's pretty good. All right. If you if she could have a dream job, what would it be? Oh, I feel like she'd want to be a home with Levi and be a farmer at the same time. Yep. A homesteader slash farmer. All right. What are you most scared of? What oh, is man. she most scared of? I would say probably losing me or Levi. But that also might be deep. That might be too. I put the silly question yeah. in there. See that that's the only one you did say silly. What did she say? She said cockroaches. Oh, I should have known that. Any of those things. Come on, son. Yeah. All right, so you're 3 out of 4 so far. If you could have if she could afford she would want to if she could she afford want? anything. She could afford anything. I I think she would have want to get land. Yep. Yep. You're doing well. Cuz we literally All had right. this discussion this morning, so that's an easy uh, did one. Did y'all go over these questions? Already? No, I did not. We just happened to talk mm. about that one. Slacker, liar. All <laughs> right. If forced to skydive or bungee jump, what would she do? Oh man, I'd have to say skydive. I think the fear of. I feel like bungee jumping. I feel like she would think bungee jumping is not as safe as skydiving, relatively speaking. Well, you'd be wrong because she would rather bungee jump. Really, over yes. water? Yeah, I guess. I well. She, you didn't say huh i would never bungee jump side note like i would never I either feel like so much can go i wouldn't skydive either but all right what activity bores her the most i mean watching me play video games would be this up there hilarious. for sure but no. uh what activity bores her the most this listening so to our funny. listening to our podcast um, <laughs> no, um this is super entertaining i don't i mean i don't know I, that's a good one i she doesn't strike me as somebody who gets bored. She gets bored well, by some kind of the things of the I'm interested vein. in. Yeah, it's kind of in the same vein as Whitney getting bored with golf. Oh, watching football? No. The Airbender show. <laughs> when I watch Avatar. Hey. And you just talked about how great that show was. Don't hate on Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm just telling uh, you. I can't watch it now because Natalie thinks it's boring as heck. She doesn't give it a she doesn't give it a shot. We every time I watch a show. I will say, Nellie, I think you would enjoy this. And she writes it off. 
And then she like will come downstairs and, and watch a little bit with me and get hooked and not want to put it down. And I'm like, I told you, I know you well enough to know what you like. You just got to give it a shot. But regardless. Okay. Next question. Superpower. What superpower would she want? Uh, maybe flight. What'd she say? I have no idea. She said knowing the future. So that tracks. That, that tracks. tracks. All right. What did she want to be when she grows up? I definitely have heard this at some point. I'm going to say marine biologist based off what subject she enjoyed. I cannot remember right now. Maybe a vet. No, I wouldn't say a vet, but not a vet. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Marine biologist. Oh, there you go. meteorologist slash storm chaser. Okay. I so have she must about... have watched Twister. <laughs> I think, I, yes, that rings a bell. I have terrible memory, so, but I think these questions do help jog some of these. Yeah, these for sure. All right, what month would she want to eliminate? Uh, probably similar. I'd say August as well. Yeah, August. I think everybody wants to eliminate August. I would eliminate December. Well, if you eliminate August, would that just mean September is hot? If you eliminate, yeah, I think if you eliminate December, then we get to ruin people's Christmases. Um, you don't get time off from work. You get to work through the holidays. I think it'd just be better all around. If we didn't have December? Yeah. True. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody says August there. But I think the point of this, let's get back to the point of this, Scott. The whole point yes, of this. Yes, what is the point? I bring this up because probably our best friends are our wives, you know. But it wasn't always the case. And I feel like I've been thinking about, with everything going on in the world right now and going on in just life in general, I beginning, I, I have, I've been having a hard time doing a lot of reflecting and so I, got, I, I was sitting with you this, this week at lunch and you had a notepad out with things and thoughts that you had going on in your life and just thoughts that came to your mind. And I was like, I need mm-hmm. to do that. I used to do stuff like that. I used to journal. I used to spend time doing reflective thinking and I don't do that much. And so you encouraged me to do so uh, this, this Look past at that. week. Would you but say what, that's uh, you, you got a friend in me? I got it. Yeah, exactly. I got a friend in you. But one of the things I, well, I mean, one of the things I started thinking about really was just how over the past year and a half friendship has been crucial to me, the friendship of others. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, first and foremost, my wife, but also just friends in my community. And like, I, I, just the idea of friendship is something that I want to talk to you about because, and I was also, I had a conversation with a, a good friend of mine this week at lunch where we were kind of discussing just how, how friends and how the people that you hang out with changes from different life stages that you go into Mm -hmm. and now that i mean covid messes everything up too but being married with a kid my friend group and the friend circle and the people i can't even invest in looks way different than it did five years ago yeah and also i just want to talk to you about like in general how our relationship with christ affects our friendship but Hmm. um but yeah man i just i don't know i it's interesting what um I'll start out with this and this question, where you're at right now. Like, how would you describe your friend history, if that makes sense? <laughs> My friend history? Yeah, give me give me exact names that is and an dates interesting of, when pe- phrase. of when people were your friends and how, you know, of just like what your friend circle has looked like through the years, I guess. So I can't even really remember friendships from middle i mean kind of middle school i do remember my friends definitely not elementary school 
but in in middle school i was really into skateboarding and so that's kind of who my friends were all the skater kids we were just a bunch of little skater punks and you know we didn't really have much deep conversations or anything like Mm. that we just hung out because we skateboarded together and you know that was fine you were a skater Um, boy and Everybody yeah, I was said, a skater boy. See you later, skater boy. boy for sure. Yeah, and there's a there's a couple people that you know that were the homies that th- these are the guys that like I hang out with all the time. They lived kind of close or whatever. My same age, we were into the same stuff, and that's just kind of that's just kind of how it worked out. And like I played baseball in high school, and so I hung out with the you know the baseball team when you know having practice and games and stuff like that. But then also uh, you know just having different friendships like with the kids in the neighborhood or kids that were in the same classes. And uh, it was always kind of centered around whatever hobbies I was into or, or something like that were the friends that I had again, nothing deep and uh, no meaningful conversations. Really. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't super involved in church. I mean, I guess I was kind of the girl I was dating in high school. Uh, she was involved in her church. And so I went to church with her, but uh, it wasn't anything uh, that I was really involved in, in a, on a deeper level, you know, that was, that was kind of high school. And then definitely drifted away from the people in high school, um, that I was friends with, except I had one friend all the way from, I think seventh grade. And then he was the best man in my wedding. And then actually COVID is what kind of really made us drift apart. And, and he was the homie. And we, we even went to different high schools, but we, I don't even remember how we met. I think we met on the bus going to eighth grade. We rode the same bus and, and yeah, um, he kind he was an interesting guy because we had very different backgrounds and very different, came from very different places in life. And, uh, I had a group of friends outside of him and he had a group of friends outside of me, but, uh, like he, he was my best friend for sure. Uh, and he saw me through my, you know, he saw me at my worst and, uh, we ended up actually going and tried out for the Marlins together, which is hilarious. Uh, and so that was fun. I feel like I'm rambling at this point, but you said, give you the the quick history. So I'm trying to, um, the, the, um, and then, so that was through high school and then I got to college and that's when I got involved in church. Uh, and the first time I went to the college ministry at my church, I, I met a couple guys and then, uh, they kind of, uh, became my friend, just the first people that I met became the people who were, uh, my best friends, uh, throughout college. And, uh, you know, even now the guy, the first guy that, or no, it wasn't the first guy. It was probably, uh, the third or fourth person I met in the college ministry at my church when I was 18 years old, starting to get involved in the church, that guy is the guy that I'm working with now. And he hired me. So 14 years later, uh, that's kind of crazy how that's come full circle, but, and he listens to this podcast. So shout out to him. Um, and, and looking at all of those, but I look at the, the the friendships that I had through high school to college and think each one of those people uh, were in my life for a time. And do I wish they were still in my life? Like, do I wish I was still super close with the guy 
that was there for me in high school? Like, yeah, for sure I do. But I understand that life happens and, you know, people drift apart and people go on to do different things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of life. But knowing that God put these people in my life and these people were there for a season or for a time, uh, that's what I can really look back on and be thankful for and realize these people, you know, kind of shaped me and molded me into who I am today. Uh, and so knowing that I had those friends throughout my life, uh, is important to me. Mm. And now, uh, you know, I, we'll talk a little bit later, I'm sure about our friendships now, but just the history, the history of my friends through, through high school and college to now is, uh, I know they were there for a season and people were there for me. And then, you know, you drift apart and that's just life. I feel like the drift apart and that's just life thing is something that I think it was hard for me to get a grip on. Like I feel guilty about sometimes. I don't know if you do feel the same or not, but you know, some it can be easy for me to feel guilty about friends that I've lost contact with that I used to be really close to instead of realizing like mm-hmm. it just, it just happens. Like it's not, yeah. it's typically not anybody's fault. Most of the time it's not some disagreement no, yeah. or some rift that's caused people to mm-hmm. separate, but it's more just time and distance or interest change or life exactly. stage changes or whatever it may be. When I went from... And you have to put in the effort. Like, well, yeah, I was going to be, effort. I was going to ask. Yeah. I have, a, I want to ask you about that in, in just a, just a second here, Scott. So but do you need to, do you need to go through your history? Oh no, fast? I don't, I don't need to go through my history, but I mean, what? it's just, it's just similar. It's similar in the fact where echo. you echo that I echo that it just where I think just in high school and middle school, my friendships were based around circumstance and convenience. Mm-hmm. It's just the people I happened to be around as I got older yep. in college, it changed more towards people I chose to be around um, and then as you get married, exactly. it shrinks. And then as you have a kid, it shrinks and you have to, and then your wife and kid are your only friends. Yeah. No, it goes, but it does go from a just lifestyle change of, I can't go to my friend's house and play Xbox till two in the morning. You know, it's uh, I have to schedule my, my meetups with friends, you know, a week or two in advance to be able to put them on a calendar. Yeah. It's just yep. adult life, which takes some getting used to, but how, like, how has, how do you think because i think there's a the word community gets thrown around a lot in christian circles if you i mean and right rightfully so i mean the bible calls us to be in community and not neglect the meeting with one another i mean it's community is a very important part of of being a christian mm-hmm. friendship there's a people in your community that you aren't necessarily like close friends with if that makes sense that's not yeah. that shouldn't be the case i mean i think if you are in a community with somebody i think community can take on a different I think the definition of community can be broad or narrow, but I think when you think of friendship, you think of more one-on-one relationship and the deepness of it. When just kind of looking around on the internet, on the interwebs today, most people are describing (laughs) friendship as this mutually beneficial, almost like agreement, like two parties coming together that enjoy being around one another and have some sort of mutual benefit from one another. Hmm. And I don't know, do you think looking at friendship through a Christian worldview of like a Christ-centered worldview changes that description? Like, how do you think friendship looks through the lens of Christ? Is it different than what most people would define it as? So you said a lot of things there. Yeah, and I want you to answer them all. Let me begin by going back to community and talking about community, because something that I've... I've talked about a lot on this podcast 
but just to kind of reiterate it in the context of community and friendship is the community that we have with our families. That to me has become the most important community uh, because I know my, uh, you know, I know my wife is going to be there for me no matter what. Like, first of all, she has to be like, she made a covenant between me and her and God. So she's obligated to. <laughs> she's your lifetime friend. Yeah. But, but not only that, like that, that family and that bond that we have is unbreakable. And like, it is what that is. The other aspect of that is like my parents and my in-laws and just knowing that I can, you know, we, we hang out with our families, like at least once a week, you know, whether it's getting a meal together or uh, going to get coffee together or just going over to each other's houses. Like we are, we are really involved in our parents' lives. Has um, that just, sorry to interrupt. Has that no, always been, has that always been the case or, or is it, because I feel like for me or when you grow up, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like in high school and college, you may not necessarily look at your family as your friends because you have a friend mm-hmm. group in high school and college you're trying to hang out with. For me, it was right. like I wanted to hang out with them and that friend group and wanted to be involved sure. in that. And it was easy for me to overlook my family as friends. Has it always been like that for you? No, it definitely has not. And it's really even in the past, you know, five, you know, five years, I'd say that it's really become what it is and where I really, you know, see my see my parents and see Whitney's parents as as my first and most important community uh, group. And, you know, I, I think that's something that I don't know, it's even it's just hard to put into words, but realizing that that is the most important community for me is something that has really blossomed to what it is today. Like, I don't, it definitely wasn't like that in high school for me or college, even for me, like you said, there, there I had so much other stuff that I was trying to do. I was trying to figure out who I am trying to figure out what I want out of life. But now like the relationship I have with my family and, and even Whitney's parents, like it's, I think above and beyond anything that I ever expected. And to the, to your point of, of it being Christ centered, I think that's what we're called to do as, as Christ followers is to make sure our, our family unit is number one, the number one, most important thing. And if, if the relationship with our parents isn't good, you know, honor, honor thy father and mother and, you know, make sure your own house is in order before you go out and, you know, try to tell other people how to live their lives or anything like that. I think that's, that's, what's really hit home for me is like, I need to have my relationship with my family tip top before I can go try to have relationships with other people. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think so. And then I definitely agree and echo that sentiment there as well. I'm just going to do a lot of echoing of you this week, I think. Yeah, I feel like I'm talking way more this week. And I think you're doing that intentionally because you feel like you talk too much. I'm not. I can start rambling <laughs> if you I, I just put a timer on for like five minutes and then I'll touch base. <laughs> Ready, go. <laughs> I'll touch back with you then. What makes a? I feel like, well, I, I kind of wrote some questions and notes in here. So I'll ask myself the question and give you a little break. Well, do you do you think you I know you said you echo that, but do you think you're like I there I do want to build community outside of my parents because you know unfortunately death is a part mm-hmm. of life too and my parents are going to die and then if I don't if I haven't built up a community without them then that's not healthy either so there's definitely that balance but would you say like your your relationship with your family is is your number one community right now yeah definitely I think so and I think having a kid to yeah. really cements that. When Natalie and I first got mm. married and we lived close to my parents, we would come over quite a bit. 
just a lot more. It's like it's almost like I when I moved out of the house, you, I just I realized how much I missed and needed that relationship. And then having a kid, you just want to share your kid with your parents too. So I mean, it just it's just a fun time. The time that we do spend now is way more intentional when we're together, which I think has been yeah. awesome for that. No, that's and very so, true. but I mean, other than that too, just think little things like dating my wife and when Levi's old enough to, you know, to do stuff. I mean, he's getting old, old enough now where he definitely, his little personality is coming out and just making sure that I'm doing what I can <laughs> to, to be the best friend to him I can be. But, yeah. You know, and even, even my sister too, like the relationship I have with my sister and, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. her kids like is like, I never, like I always had a good relationship with my sister growing up, but now it's much deeper and way more meaningful than I ever could have mm-hmm. expected. Yeah. So, so going outside of the family unit into the next stage mm-hmm. here, I think I kind of mentioned that before, I feel like my friend group has shrunk now more and it just looks different. I mean, I still have, I still have people in my life that I would consider close friends that I have not talked to in a year, you know, just mm. because they've either moved away or we just haven't talked to each other. But if we, if we hung out, and got lunch or whatever it was. I feel like we'd pick back up like it never was left off and be able to ask right. deep questions and meaningful questions and not feel the need to have to dance around it or be strangers. And I just think that, I think it just changes. And I think I think for a long time I felt, for a long time personally, I just felt guilty about not, like not investing like I should, feeling like I'm do, feeling guilty about not investing a lot into a relationship when I don't need to feel guilty, if that makes sense, just because life life happens. I live down south of Tampa now. I like I live away from the community I was in for a long time. It's just it's difficult for me to maintain a ton of relationships while working, you know, dating my wife, watching my kid. Like it's just it's difficult to, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just something that I've had to wrestle with myself. A question that I ask myself a lot when it comes to my friends, though, is I think. I think it's easy for me, like when thinking about how to look at friendship through a Christ-centered point of view, whereas the world looks at friendship as what can I get out of this relationship? How does it benefit me? I think I think Christ changes that dynamic to not be as so selfish. Like I think it, it just changes it and it forces us to reckon with, you know, what am I, it's not what can I get out of this friendship, but how can I contribute to this relationship? Like I say all the time, I just, I want to be the friend to my friends. Like I want to be the friend to them that I wish they would be to me. And that sounds like something you would tell fifth grade or like five-year-olds to (laughs) like, like what's that, what's that rule that's in kindergarten? Do on to others as you would have them do on to you. I think so. Maybe I thought the golden rule, I guess it is the golden rule. I thought there was one about touching, like don't touch others. I don't know. That's, I don't know. Maybe it's not. That That's just a rule of life, I think. Just don't touch people, Craig. <laughs> Maybe it's not that one. But don't... Basically, like, well, I want to. I want to be the friend of somebody that I want, that I would want them to be to me. For so sure. I think it's easy for people to get into this, and I've been there myself. Of like, man, they don't. It feels like a one way street. I feel like I'm the only one always reaching out, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get into that mentality and you just get to this place of being embittered. And like, I just, I feel like you're never going to be satisfied in friendships because, and ultimately friendships at the end of the day are not meant to ultimately satisfy us. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking forward in that, it's not going to come. Yeah. But I want to approach my friendships with how can I contribute? How can I be the one to initiate? How can I be the one to, 
text and pray and how can I be the one to reach out to them? Like mm-hmm. I would want them to reach out to me mm-hmm. and just not make it about myself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, that's definitely a struggle for me too, because I feel like a lot of times I am the one who does text or calls to see, hey, you want to hang out? Hey, you know, how you doing? Uh, hey, let's start this. Uh, let's start this thing up or, or start this podcast. Yeah, let's start this podcast or let's start this Bible study. Or, you know, I do feel like a lot of times I am the one doing that. And even going back to college, I, I led a lot of Bible studies and I was the one calling people and texting people and making sure they were going to come and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that for so long. I, I do want to, and this is all, this is a very selfish thing. It kind of speaks to what you were saying, Greg, is I want to be wanted. I want people to be texting me to get coffee. I want people to Mm -hmm. reach out to me and say, Hey man, like it's been a while. Let's, let's get lunch or whatever. Like I want that. But Mm -hmm. if I want that, why can't I be that person to other people? Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I think that's such a great point. One of the things that I struggle with is taking it personally. Like I'm a very insecure person when it comes to friendships. And so I think, oh, if this person doesn't text me or this person hasn't uh, responded to something I said, then they must not like me. They really don't want to hang out with me, so on and so forth. And I'm a very, Mm -hmm. uh, very insecure person when it comes to that. Something I've realized even in the job that I have now, I'm calling people all day long and nobody ever answers their phone. Uh, that's just a fact of life. It seems like, and then I'll call somebody and it'll be the 12th time I call them for my job. And it's like, Oh, uh, thanks for calling. I've seen your other 80 missed calls. Like, and I've been meaning to get back to you. And like, they're legitimately sorry that they haven't answered the phone. And I think that's no. the bottom line is people are just busy and people just get wrapped up in life. And and I think it's easy. I think it's just easy in our minds to when somebody doesn't respond to go to the worst case scenario yeah. of, oh, they hate me now. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. But it's just not the case. I mean, pe- people are people in the same yeah. way where I think I have to remember that in friendships. It's like we are, we are sinful human people. We're going to mess up. I don't have the time to respond all the time or it, to forget, you know, if I forget something, I forget something. Mm-hmm. It just, and it just happens. And I think, I think sometimes we have a very high bar for friendship if we want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, we get upset or bitter about it. Yeah. Instead of just taking it as it is and like, you know what? Hey, like this is a, this is a companion. Like, you know, the, like, you know, when people, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, I had nowhere. I wasn't going anywhere. So uh, I was glad you did. Perfect. Well, you know, when people post, like a screenshot of their phone with all the notifications. Well, people will post stuff like, oh, I have 84 uh, text messages, missed text messages, or I have 80,000 missed emails or whatever. Like I cannot live like that. Like I will. I'm going to, I'm going to let like that, like the Amazon, like automated text messages and stuff build up in my phone. Oh man. Just so I can send it to you and be like, dude, yeah. I have 84 people trying yeah. to like, get well, at me. Like I could never do that. And like, I understand, like, it's probably mostly spam, but mm-hmm. if somebody texts me, I I feel like I need to respond immediately. And if I don't, <laughs> then that makes me a terrible person. And then Whitney, uh, all the time, she's like, Scott, you don't have to respond immediately. Like, it's okay. I'm like, no, they will think I hate them if I don't respond in 30 <laughs> seconds. Would it give you some grace? I typically send a text and then get distracted with Levi or something for a couple hours and... I'm not, I'm not anticipating something immediately. 
So you can take me off your list of feeling like you have to respond immediately. Well, I think, I don't know. I I live by the, if I can do it in two minutes or less, just do it now. So, well, most people are on their phones anyway. Yeah. But it's like, bro, that's besides the point, you know, oh, I didn't see your text. Okay, guy. Sure. <laughs> all right now we're getting we're getting bitter and this is when we change <laughs> this is when we revert back to grace we don't need to be doing this. yes um it's not personal I, it's not personal it is not at all the other person i always i get it i get a kick out of like you probably know people like this as well that just think everybody's out to get them and everybody's like at the end of the day people are mostly concerned and this is going to sound i don't know if this is just me being um what's the word like when you're beat down or like when you're people are mostly concerned about themselves they're not thinking about you exactly that's what i was gonna say is people most of the time it's not even most of the time 99 percent of the time it's something they have something going on in their life and they're trying to and that's going on with them mm-hmm. that they're worried about and it's not it's not you i try to yeah it's people get so people get worked up mm-hmm. and it's easy i mean it's easy to i mean i've been there too i don't i don't mean right. to sound like i'm just trashing people i'm saying this because i fall into this trap myself and right, i need to be sure. reminded of it but yeah i feel like i had something else to say oh this is just something else i've i've heard this said and i want to see if you agree i feel like you will but i've heard it said that there should be no single part and this kind of falls into how christ changes the way we view friendship and um I've heard it said that there should be no single part of your life that someone does not know about you. Would you agree with that? I mean, that could be wife, that could be accountability partner or whatever it may be. But so, yeah, I would agree with that. I I think I would agree with that. No, I don't. I mean, I think it's not always. I think sometimes that may not be always. It just, I I don't know. Sometimes it depends on the circumstances. Like, I don't, it's not, it's not like everybody should know everything about you. But, you know, if you're struggling with something and you should, have a friend that you can talk to about it or no i i'm very much an open book i will i'm i'm probably more of an open book i almost an open book to a fault i would say Mm. um that'd be a good podcast title name for podcast open book to a fault or just open book open book and then you just talk about and greg you talk about uh vulnerabilities you just you talk about your deepest darkest secrets man i don't know that this that's kind of is there is there something that nobody knows about you? I don't think so. I think I've told either from like talking to you or accountability partners, and like most importantly, like my I feel like Natalie knows everything about me. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good it's a good thought experiment to be like, huh? Is there because I think it challenges you too of like if you do have something that you feel like nobody knows about you, then you can ask the question, huh? Why have I not told anybody about this? You know? Yeah. Um. So which can lead to some good. Some good um, thought. I this processes. I got life insurance today. I applied for life insurance, and the medical person called me or whatever, and they just rifle through like a hundred questions, and it's like some very personal questions. And so now that you know, random life insurance person knows way more about me than I would have thought anybody would. Wouldn't it just be mostly like health or diet related stuff? Uh, well, yeah, but if you know my past, like there's some health related questions that, you know, might come up and be pertinent to mm. life insurance. <laughs> they're not because when you say well, when you say it anyway, it makes it sound like they're like, how fast do you drive your car? How? Uh, well, I mean, they what kind of risk do you take on a daily they basis? They do want to know what kind of risks you take. That's for sure. 
So, do you skydive a lot? That's one of the questions. Do you skydive? What, would, what would you rather do, skydive or bungee jump? They ask if you're going to skydive or bungee jump, if that's something you're going to do. Well, you could just lie about that. Well, that's called fraud. You're, you ch- it's called changing your mind. So if you change your mind in two years and you want to skydive, well, I think it's fraud? like they say in the next 12 months. They said, are you going to skydive or bungee jump or this or that in the next 12 months? And if you Do say, they reevaluate it? If you say no, and then six months you die from a skydiving accident, like they're not going to pay out that policy. Hmm. I don't think. Things to keep in mind. Yeah. I'm all about insurance fraud. Uh... I can't be on this podcast. This <laughs> that's got to get edited. I just want to put that on the. I just want to put that on the internet. Uh, yeah, Scott Nordstrom is not all about insurance fraud. When when you're running for president one day and they go back through these these uh, podcasts to see if you've said anything controversial, that that's that's a good Dang thing it. to have on the record. Or if I host, try to host Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, I going back to our conversation as far as. Like there's every, every part of my life, somebody knows about basically, I'm sure there's some stuff that somebody doesn't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much an open book, but also with my wife, uh, I'm very open with her and, and, you know, she's, she's my confidant for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just good to have, like, I think, I think it's good to have somebody in your life that you can talk about Mm -hmm. even those even things that you might be at because i think at the end of the day too i think we get into these mindsets sometimes of you know i can't talk to somebody about this but i think it's just far from the truth yeah because you know again 99 percent of the time they probably have something as well that yeah. they're walking through that they may be afraid to talk to about somebody and could probably use the help yeah. or use the use the confidant in that so i don't know i've just been thinking about a lot i don't really other than kind of those thoughts but one of the things kind of to that point though i think is the fact that we look at our problems and think that nobody else is going through them or we think we're way our sin is way worse than anybody else's or no way can somebody else relate to this but then as soon as you go tell somebody oh xyz that person is like holy smokes same here and then yeah. you you have that instant community of like hey we're both struggling with this Mm. Um, or, Hey, we both have this same issue or we had the same mm. struggle or, well, even if they're not struggling with the same, like they're going to be sympathetic. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell, I, I can't count them out of times really over the past year. I've been frustrated by things and have talked to Nellie about it or talked to you about it or, you know, talk to a friend about it. And even if they're not, even if they can't relate to like a frustration I'm going through or something I'm dealing with. I've never, nobody's ever met me with, dude, like, stop talking to me. Why are you bringing this up to me? That's just not the case, you know? And the friendships that I have and the community that God's placed in my life, like, have been just such as a sport system for me. Mm. And I just think, I don't know, I think it's just very important. I think it's easy, especially in today's culture, to slip into isolationism and Mm. to not have any deep friendships. And I think it's always important just to remember and have it on at least the forefront of your mind. Like who is, who are my friend groups right now? Do I have, it doesn't matter if it's one friend. It doesn't matter if it's 30 friends, but how can I invest in that friendship? How can I give to that friendship mm. and not just expect to receive and, you know, continue to, to pour in and to kindle that. Yeah. Um, I, I think too, I think it's easy to get into your mindset that you have to have a, a large group of friends, but I'd rather have one really tight friend than not have any, than have 30 that I'm, 
loosely associated with. For you sure. Know? One, because I'm awful at texting and I won't <laughs> be able to keep up with 30. But yeah. two, it's just, I don't know, it's just important. And I think I think we don't need to, I think it's an area of our life that we can neglect and fall into neglect of. And I just think, I don't know, I've just been thinking about it this week. Yeah, and one of the, one of the things too to remember is that if you feel like you have drifted away from a friend, just text them, send them a text and be like, Hey, you know, it's been eight years. Let's get coffee or, Hey, I haven't talked to you in a couple months. Mm -hmm. You know, what's been going on with you or, uh, you know, make it, make an effort to do it. Like I've been, uh, you know, the guy that I work with now, who's the homie, he, him and I get lunch every Friday now. And it's freaking great. Like just knowing that, you know, we're going to have you know, an hour of just hanging out, just chit chatting, just whatever, you know, catch up on how he's been doing, you know, and having that dialogue, that decent dialogue in person over a meal, uh, it means so much. And even if it just feels like it's nothing because you're just kind of shooting the breeze or whatever, those, those conversations and those interactions can mean so much, uh, not only to yourself, but to other people as well. We need that human interaction. We need that community uh, because God did create us to, to be in community with one another. And when you neglect that community, then you're neglecting a part of the body of Christ. Hmm. For sure. Yeah, that's well put, man. I'll, uh, I'll let that I'll let that suffice. I'll, ra- I'll let that wrap the bow on this because I, I don't really have any other thoughts. Um, but we do hope that you guys enjoy this uh, this podcast. As always, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or you know share us on social. What have you, what have you guys been doing? It's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, I think we're going to look at doing a giveaway soon. Uh, possibly, I need to discuss this with Scott before mm. I start throwing this out. Oh, but no. for the next book that we do for Book Club, uh, we'll probably do another giveaway leading up to that for anybody who does a review and uh, we'll maybe buy the book for them. There you go. I'm for that. That's a great idea. Yeah. So uh, thanks guys as always. Scott, do you have anything else that you want to uh, go make friends or rekindle those old friendships? Go make friends. Our decent dialogue challenge for the week is go make, make, friends. make a friend or grow a friendship deeper. Make a friend. Don't touch anybody <laughs> and be the friend that you would want them to be to you. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Stay safe out there, kids. Well, we'll catch you guys next week on another week of Decent Dialogue. Peace. All right. Bye. Bye.